Good afternoon. Hey. <laughs> that was a much different. It sounded it, very formal. Good afternoon. Yeah, I don't even know what to do with it. <laughs> well, you know, as you know, we we picked up another mic, um, so that we're uh, both recording ourselves like right here to try to get some better sound quality. We're we're up in our podcast game. Yeah. Yeah. But in that, I was uh, I was playing around with some of those voice modulation things, so <laughs> I could do that. Good afternoon, but in a really good afternoon. I don't know when you you had the saw voiceovers working. I did. I, it was pretty creepy. Good afternoon. I gave it to you. <laughs> no, <laughs> mine sounded like. It, yeah, um, we'll do a podcast just in monster voices sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> or, we won't be able to talk. We'll be laughing the whole time. Robot voices. Oh, interesting. <laughs> hey, before we get too deep into whatever we're going to get into, <laughs> yeah. um, I just I just wanted to say to everybody, thanks again for uh, for rating our podcast and, uh, and for leaving comments like you have and talking to us on social media, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah. It's encouraging. Yeah, super, super. So... Um, we're continuing to have a lot of fun doing this, and uh, and in fact, we're uh, we're kind of branching off into our um, our own separate podcast too. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. To to be released. Oh yeah, mine's coming sooner than yours, even though you started yours. I think so. Yeah, I'm still struggling a little bit with the feel I want in my next one. Yeah. So, but uh, but very different topics than what. You're going to have some great conversations. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have had one really fantastic conversation yeah. now. And uh, anyway, but uh, but this isn't about that. No. Baby, this is okay, about but, you and me. But since mine will be coming out here shortly, um, just a little plug for that. Oh, yeah. Let's um, do that. It's uh, Sponsored by... <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Jessica's other podcast. Yes. I was giving you a lead in to give the name for it. Yeah, I'm not sure sponsored is getting anything done for this podcast. Oh, you do plenty. <laughs> um, no, it's a, it's a really fun project I'm excited about. Um, we're calling it Connected, the podcast with Jess. Um, yeah, we're uh, diving into interviews. I'm diving into interviews, I guess, with um, with people that uh, we can have a conversation around uh, the connected relationships we have with each other, as well with as with ourselves. So, getting away from this idea that we are pieces and parts, and we operate pieced and parsed, um, but we are actually far more connected than we think. Um, and so I'm starting out, um, with interviews with a few people who have been strategic in my healing process, um, and my journey to wholeness. So, um, so yeah, I'm excited about it. Yeah. I'm super excited. Um, you know, and just kind of listening to a few of your conversations that you've been having around Mm -hmm. this and, and with the, the, you know, the two recordings that you've had so far, Mm -hmm. um, good stuff, really good stuff. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm yeah. excited for this. I'm excited for some of the lineup of people that are going to be having conversation with me. Yeah. Because um, I just think they're amazing humans. Yeah. And, um, That's other, awesome. Yeah. Other people need to hear them too. <laughs> yeah. Right on. Um, yeah. It's getting to the point where, you know, there's enough 
podcasting going on that uh, I'm going to have to start dedicating some real time to podcasting. Okay. <laughs> Just as I get ready to go back to work. <laughs> right, right. Well, I'll have, you know, time. So <laughs> I don't know when I'm going back to work yet. Yeah. So as uh, as so many of you are probably in the in the same place as that, yeah. and it's just uh, unsure time still. So, um, yeah. but yeah. So, hey, uh, we probably won't be doing as much drinking on those podcasts or any drinking on those podcasts. That's not what they're about. Well, this one's oh, not the about new podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not sacred spaces. We'll <laughs> always drink on sacred yeah, this, spaces. Yeah, I, I said that's not what those podcasts will be about. <laughs> Like this one is about drinking. <laughs> we just it's, happened to drink on this one because we started it on vacation. And now we're I, like, we should remember thing. vacation every time yeah. we record an episode. Yeah. So today, yeah, we, we're I playing with something fun. Today. Yeah, yeah. These look great. Yeah. You hear that? Nice, big, giant, round, solid ice cube in there. Today, so, we're drinking whiskey sours. <laughs> so. This is uh, from a, uh, a local whiskey den, um, Hogwash, and uh, and we we just saw on online on Facebook that they were doing like these come pick them up and take them to go dinner meals a couple times yeah. a week, and they would throw a drink in or like a drink mix in sure. with it, and we're like, what the heck? Yeah, this is pretty awesome. First, for forty bucks, we got three pounds of wings, and um, basically we've gotten. I think five or six drinks out of these are the this is the fifth yeah yeah so we've gotten so far five Five drinks and I don't know if there's any left in there um there's probably enough for one more but we we're out of whiskey now so you can see how much we liked it since last night (laughs) 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 that's too much information about us (laughs) we'll have to go to the store again Uh, no, that's, uh, yeah, these are great though. Um, and that, and what a great, so if you're local here in Spokane, you should look for, uh, look for those hogwash deals. Cause those are, yeah, they do like a, it's a great deal. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Friday, so here's what I was thinking, 40 Saturday. bucks. Yeah. And we've now had six drinks out of that, yeah. right. Of which they provided enough bourbon for four of them. Correct. Um, and, uh, um, it's, so and then you've got three drink. pounds of, of, of chicken wings. Okay. Drinks are normally like 10 bucks each at Hogwash. So just in the four drinks, you would have paid 40 four. bucks yeah. and they just threw in a half pound of chicken wings. Um, three pounds of chicken wings. Oh, sorry. Did I say half pound? Yeah. Fuck. No, three <laughs> fucking pounds of chicken wings. Yeah. Bourbon bacon <laughs> wings. Yeah. yeah. It, it was, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. So now this kind of might sound like a commercial. It is not a commercial. Hogwash has not sponsored this episode Mm -hmm. in any way. They don't know that we're talking about them. Um, But, you know, it's it's a local. I think we're going about this podcasting the wrong way because we're giving people a lot of free advertising and we're getting nothing but a drink. But this this is the times that we're in right now. Like everybody's hurting right now. And so like we're I mean, obviously, we're we're not going out and, and we don't I don't I shouldn't say we. We don't go out a ton before coronavirus and all that. I mean, I'd say we probably went out regularly, but not a ton. Right. And so, but we're obviously even less now, mm-hmm. right? And so when we hear like somebody's doing something special or something, we want to try to support them. And um, because restaurants are suffering like crazy. We, I mean, it's, you know, if any of them can survive this, it will yeah. be. 
and it'll I think be, it'll be pretty incredible. And I think Hogwash does on Mondays. They uh, I don't know if it's a special they do like a certain meal, but they do offer like twenty percent for um, I don't first know, responders, first responders or frontline yeah um, workers right now. So um, yeah, so they're they're giving yeah that medical personnel all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff too. Sweet. So we thought we would support them by drinking. <laughs> yeah, I think they're supporting us. If I can support anybody by drinking, man, I am. God, I, I so be. Terrible. I'm very philanthropic. Then, if that's <laughs> so. Anyway, uh, so yeah, uh, whiskey sours by hogwash today. So, yeah. but. Um, um, so yeah, um, we're uh, we're we're diving into. Um, Another episode here today. Um, in you know, for the past couple of weeks, we past couple of weeks, well, like weeks to in the in our publishing, world. yeah, <laughs> for the last couple of episodes, um, we have been um, talking about my spiritual journey, and um, and I think I'm pretty confident we'll we'll wrap it today. Um, that it's uh, um, we're kind of at that place now where we're we're kind of moving into a little bit more of what um, the very latest iteration of what has kind of led to where we're at today. Um, and I say we, I, it's my story, but it's we, because this is the point where we're together now and it becomes our story really. And there's um, no, you're shaking your head. You're making a face at me. Not well, so much. I, I mean, in the first episode I met you. So I mean, okay. you, you were only <laughs> nine, 18, 19 at that time, so. But I, I mean, we, we finished the last time <laughs> with me moving into my my fundamentalist stage. Yeah, with two kids. So yeah, yeah we and were so little... we were, I mean, we were early married, first yeah. first few, few years of being married. Um, and uh, and, and I, didn't, I don't think I called it my fundamentalist stage last time, but that's really what it was. Um just to dive right in, right? Um, it, uh, it, 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 this, uh, this grasp of certainty um, became like my entire focus, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it became like this thing of like where I was, I was wanting to do, find, search anything that would be more concrete. And that's kind of what I what I, I made my entire faith practice about was the more concrete that I could make it, um, then um, the, the, really the better I felt about myself. And, and let's be honest, I, I got really good at arguing with people during this time. Yeah. I mean, that became like, we, we kind of talked about that a little bit when we went and we evangelized yeah. the Mormons, right? <laughs> and, and that's kind of where it, it started for me. This was that where I got really good at processing the concrete nature of things, that um, the, the concrete nature of the answers I was finding, and, um, and really being able to file those away so that anytime I had a conversation with anybody, I could just like decimate them. Um, and I had this... Um, this sick kind of pleasure in that. I, I really did. Like it, it made me feel good to just obliterate somebody's 
own faith arguments or their own faith positions or whatever else for mine um, and to cause them to question everything. And I... Why do you think that is? Well, I, I, I was okay with it because I felt like I was doing them a favor. I felt like, <laughs> like I was tearing down the facade of their quote-unquote religion, their weak religion, their weak foundation, so that then I could position myself as their, um, as their teacher, as their guide to, um, to a, a more proper, a more, um, a more enlightened way of thinking. Um, not enlightened. I wouldn't have used that language. A more solid, more foundational way of thinking. Um, don't you think that with that fundamentalist uh, space that we were in, that part of that belief is that, um, how would you say it, um, that we, there was a responsibility on us to make sure that other people mm-hmm. knew the truth. So uh, whether it made you feel good or not, there, it was backed by this, I'm, I have to do this. I have to let the world know that they're wrong. Yeah, and I, and I really do, I really do believe it came from this genuine position. I mean, you know, kind of like we talked about last time, that there was this, this thread of, of caring for people and loving people that we, when we look back over our lives, marks us our entire mm-hmm. life, right? We were kind of like, that has guided us, that has directed us, even in the pendulum swings it has. And um, I really do believe that even in this fundamentalist decimating somebody's you know faith beliefs and tearing them down so that I could expose them to a more solid foundation, all that kind of stuff, I, I believe it was with the best of intentions. I really believed that's how I was loving people. I, I think a lot of people are that way. A lot of people in the mm-hmm. same position are, are that way, um, which... I give myself a little bit of grace for, but I have a lot of, if I'm, if I'm honest, I have a lot of shame over that period of, of my life. Um, more so than any other uh, faith period of my life. Mm, yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, that, uh, because I, I think it was, it, because it was a very intentional period. And, and because of that, I think about some of the things I said to people. I think about some of the, I was really great at laying guilt trips on people. <laughs> you know, um, it used to, people used to <laughs> joke about it in our youth groups um, because I was just so good at laying a guilt trip on on somebody. I remember, <laughs> you know, Jeremy skipping youth group to go to a concert and and me, you know, just nonchalantly saying, I'm glad Jesus is that important to you. you know? <laughs> and it was like, and he just looks at me and he's like, all right, whatever. You know? <laughs> Thank God he never bought it. But, <laughs> but it was like, no, but he did tease you a lot about being yeah, given the guilt. Trip. And I was kind of, you know, ribbing him a little bit, but I kind of wasn't too. I mean, I was kind of like, that was, that and was part, my thing. Yeah. And y- you, Creating a space for the teens to come and what you did to prepare for them to be there, all of that. 
I think you genuinely really just wanted them there. Like, these were great kids. And yeah. you really wanted them there. So I think there was a little bit of that in there, too. Like, how, how why, I, I can't think of any place I'd rather be. Why wouldn't you rather be here? Yeah. But, um. Now, this was a, a pretty significant chunk of our life. Yeah. Um, and in fact, in this time, I mean, I mentioned youth group kids. I, I became a youth pastor in this time. Whereas we had always just volunteered before. Mm-hmm. Um. There was, there was this opening that happened in the little church that we were at in in McCall, mm-hmm. and um, the and Dave, the the pastor at the time, um, who I'm still friends with to this day, and <laughs> we still communicate, we still talk about church and all that kind of stuff. But um, you know, he was like, "Hey, I think you you know you should apply for this position," and so I you know we did went forward. It's a it's a story in and of itself. Um, and became a youth pastor, and it just changed everything for us. I mean, we we loved that. Mm-hmm. We loved so many things about it. And I, so again, like I said, I I give myself a lot of grace because I think I was, I really believe I was being genuine. I believe, and and again, I I still believe that thread of love was in this too. Mm-hmm. But there is, I there, but there there is the shame component of it too because I I regret a lot of the the things I communicated to those guys. I, I I think about the impacts that different mentors in my life, um, different faith teachers in my life, the impacts they had on me with their messages. And I think about the the message that, you know, not not all of it. It isn't it isn't all bad. I'm not saying that, but but for some of the things that I communicated, I just, I feel like, man, I just, I wish I wouldn't have put that on those guys, yeah. you know? Um, but that being said, you know, we've, we've stayed in touch with a lot of them yeah. um, over the years. And pretty consistently, they've all said, yeah, you know, you said a lot of stuff and some stuff we, you know, just kind of went in one ear and went out the other and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Some of it hit, you know, a little bit more, but but we always knew you guys loved us, you know? And I think that's the thing that again, is the, is, is the grace through the whole thing, you know? Um, and I think too, it's that again, with that thread of love that flows through everything that recognizing that that has always been the most important thing and that in the faith, the, the belief structures, the belief systems, they kind of came and went, the doctrines came and went the uh, the theologies came and went. They were they were like adjusting up and down all mm-hmm. the time, pendulum swings back and forth, all of that. Um, but there was that that consistency of just that that loving and caring for people. And so I guess you could say that the motto that we were kind of living by: um, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you yeah. care. Uh, probably uh, fulfilled itself. Yeah. Um, or maybe we more intentionally fulfilled it than we thought we did. Um, I, I'm seeing so many of our youth group students who are now, you know, have their own families and um, adventures and journeys themselves, many of whom we are learning from and being inspired by, growing from. Um, you know, when our, when our kids needed support, they were always there. Yeah. They were the first ones to jump in and rally behind our girls and 
um, support them. I know for Sydney with uh, with Asher, many of her <laughs> um, s- support, advice, um, now I would consider them friends, are those particularly women um, from our youth group who... Um, are now having their own babies and are a step ahead of her and they're supporting her and encouraging her and guiding her. And that to me is such a beautiful gift, no matter what we thought of the work that we did, that the relationship is giving again and again. So I'm very grateful for that. Me too. Um, and I, and I think it's, I think it, it's, proved itself out over time again, just what is most important. Um, for us, the thing that really began this, I think the, the latest shift in us, which let's be honest, if we're talking about the latest shift in us, I mean, it was, you know, 18 years ago. (laughs) So, um, but when Sid was just very young, maybe maybe 16 or 17 years ago anyway. But when it said, you know, Dave, who was a pastor at the time, um, who had hired us and, and, and he and their family decided that they needed to make a shift and go somewhere else. And so, mm-hmm. so at our little church, we were going to stay mm-hmm. and we were, we began looking for another pastor and we began looking for another pastor with a very specific set of criteria. Like I was pushing for this and it was, um, it was very much in line with um, a fundamentalist kind of approach, right? Looking from for a, from a specific seminary um, mm-hmm. in Southern California that I uh, that I was kind of crazy about, and even though I never went to seminary, <laughs> but but I I loved everything behind the seminary and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So we began looking for this person and. And we, and we found somebody from that seminary and, you know, they came up and, and I just remember that, uh, there was like some instantaneous red flags in the first visit, in the very first visit. And we just ignored them. <laughs> like, like one of the things was, I just got to say this cause this oh, yeah, is yeah. like that. We, sh- we should have known at this like, very moment. Nope, you're done. Yeah. I, I've always been a coffee nut, and that's grown over time. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, I had, you know, and I, I was kind of early on in my my coffee nuttery at this time. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, Almost that was like one of the things. like you said nunnery. So <laughs> yeah. I was like, coffee nunnery. Hmm. But that was one of the things that he and I had kind of connected on a little bit is that he had said, oh, he loves coffee so much, loves going to coffee, all this kind of shit. And I was like, okay, sweet. So we got this connection point. He was a younger guy. They had, a, they had young kids, you know, a little bit uh, younger than ours. He was the same and, age as us. He just didn't have a family as soon as we did. It, true. Yeah. So, um, and so he comes and I, and they were. You know, they just got to town. They were gonna. They were coming to our house, and I was like, "Hey, I just put a fresh pot of coffee on." And I said, uh, "And you know, so I know you love coffee. I love coffee." I said, "I'll go get you a cup." And he's like, "Well, when you say fresh, like how fresh?" And I was like, "I don't know. Within the last like fifteen minutes." And he's like, mm, "I like my coffee really fresh." <laughs> and I was like. Um, I, I guess I can make a new pot. And he's like, that'd be great. Thanks. <laughs> and I thought he was kidding. 
He fucking wasn't kidding. No. <laughs> no. And I, so I dump a whole pot of coffee out to make him a fresh pot of coffee. You know? And I was like, that should have been the thing right there that we were like, yeah, you can get the fuck out right now. Yeah, because you know? yeah, it only went downhill It only from got worse from there, right? Yeah. And I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about this guy. But it's seriously, it only got worse and worse until it became truly, I'm going to say, evil at some yeah. point. Where it was just Absolutely. evil. The, the, the things were being communicated about people, the things that were, how, how people were being treated, all that kind of stuff. It uh, was How evil. our kids were being treated How our by kids, them. our own kids were being treated. I mean, all of it. It was evil. Yeah. So, I remember you and I one day going, looking at each other and going, if that is where we're headed, like, like this was the guy that had been the seminary that I was so crazy about, that was under the teachers that I was yeah, so okay. crazy about, but, but all that kind of stuff. But you're supposed to finish seminary in like two to three years, right? Okay. Yes, 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 yes. It took yes, him it, seven. I know. Anyway. Should, okay. There so many red <laughs> So flags. many things. Okay. But still, I, you and I said to each other, if that is where we're headed, then we need to get the fuck off this train right now. I mean, it was like... It was, it, it like jolted us wide awake that yeah. there is something seriously wrong if this way of approaching faith, if this way of this way of approaching like this concrete certainty, the foundational mm-hmm. certainty, all that kind of stuff produces that kind of person, we, we have missed something. We're, we're on the wrong train, right? Well, I think what it... What it actually did, we didn't have words for it at the time, but what it actually did was shine light on the fact that as much as we thought we believed what it what we were buying into, this fundamentalism, we actually didn't. Right. Um, I think we grabbed hold of some things that were actually a bit on the surface, um, some ideas of some concrete concepts um, or ways of right. thinking, but it as an internal way of life, we hadn't bought into that part. And I think this was that moment where we went, wow, I don't think we, we are this as much as we thought we were. Yeah. So it wasn't long after that that we actually ended up leaving that church going... Again, another church that, that Dave had moved to, and um, and starting there, and there we we met another wonderful person, and Mike, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, and by this time we were kind of starting to like. There's different ways of thinking about things, um, and um, different ways of approach, and it was still very scary for us because it involved uncertainty, embracing uncertainty. Whereas we were all about embracing foundational certainty, mm-hmm. right? But Mike was f- much further ahead on this journey than we were. And um, he I, has to be one of the most uh, beautiful souls we have yeah, met. Yeah. Um, it's his heart breathes art. Yeah. In so many fashions. Um, and that's what comes out of him. Yeah. Uh, musically, I mean, so many ways, and I think that that was a gift for us to experience because his uh, his engagement with that was a very spiritual experience, 
that we yeah. haven't been part of before. So Mike began kind of challenging some of my thinking and challenging mm-hmm. some of my approach to things and, and that sort of thing. And of course, along with this, it was, you know, I was reading a ton and, you know, listening to a lot of podcasting and, you know, that kind of thing. And, uh, um, and there were a few people that were kind of coming in the fringes, there's some authors and some, you know, different thoughts that were, that were really like truly frightening kinds of ways of thinking. Oh yeah. It was, it was the start of kind of splitting, um, the Christian faith. Evangelical. Yeah. Yeah. Splitting off from evangelicalism. Right. Yeah. And, um, and so I was very firmly in the camp that these people are to be avoided. They're dangerous. They're quote unquote wolves in sheep's clothing, (laughs) all that kind of shit. Right. And, um, and so I was, you know, just, I was staying far away from them. I, they were enemies. They were, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so one day Mike comes to me and he brings a book by, uh, one of these authors and, um, and he says, uh, he says, I, I think you should just read this, just make an experiment out of it. Just read it and give me your feedback. Let's just talk about it, you know? And I was like, you got to be kidding. I can't even believe you own that book. (laughs) (laughs) Much less that you, and now you're recommending it to me. (laughs) And, uh, and he was like, yeah, 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 come on. And so, um, I remember taking that book and I remember reading it. I remember, I remember it being very, very much outside of where we were, of where we were. Yeah. Right. And I remember one day, um, coming home to you, we were having the book in my hand and, and, and again, it's just, it, I don't have a good memory. We've talked about that before on the mm-hmm. podcast, but I, there are some things that are just so like, I can close my eyes and, and smell the room, you know, oh, that's scary. this was one of those moments. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't unpleasant. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. You were in there. It was nice. (laughs) Yes. Well, you were, you were, I went into our bedroom and you were in there. You were making our bed. Um, I don't remember what time of day it was. So you could have just been very lazy that day. I don't know. Oh, wait. Sorry. (laughs) I I remember this as the Borg house. It was not. No. That is as it was. uh, It was Denise's house. That Mm. house in in California where, Mm. yeah. Anyway, I just, I, again, I remember it so clearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I walk in the room, and you're making the bed, and I'm holding the book up, and I'm just like, I'm like tight-lipped, and I'm like shaking it. Uh-huh. And, and you're like, ooh, that bad, huh? Because you knew that I was like, I was, this was yeah, stretching this a, yeah. me to, I was, I just, I loved Mike so much, I was like, fine, I'll do it for you kind of thing, right? And I threw the book down on the bed, and I said, no, I can't find anything wrong with it. And it, that was just saying that out loud, just shredded my soul. I mean, like shredded it. And everything started to fall apart after that. Um, Which I think is ironic based on the name of the book. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> the book. I don't know. We can, 
If people want to ask no about problem. it, if you want to ask about it, then we can, you know, we can have, you know, they can feel free to hit us up on social media or whatever, and I'd be happy to talk to anybody Great. about it. Try to kick us out of the church. Love wins. That <laughs> right, was right. Okay. Even. So anyway, the the point is, is that this was by one of the most heretical people right, that I could yeah. that I knew at this time, right? Um, overtly heretical. Um, and I'm reading a book by him, and I can't find anything wrong with it. Like his, mm-hmm. like his reasoning is so sound, right? And I'm like, this actually makes a lot of sense, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, Mike was so gentle with me in that time, just like God. And I was still, we were still very young. I mean, late twenties. No, at this I, point. No, because when we moved to Idaho, mid twenties, I had turned thirty. When we moved there from Arizona. Yeah. That's no, there's no yes. way. Yes, yes. No way. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I turned 30 our first year in Idaho, or yeah, living in Idaho. Oh, good God. I'd already said I don't have a good memory, so. <laughs> Let's just say we were probably around 33-ish. Okay, okay. So, 34. Yeah, so anyway. Not young, not old. Um, anyway, God, that wasn't that fucking long ago. Shit. No, because we're still really young. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. God damn it. Um, so, uh, anyway, um, tangents and rabbit trails. Uh, this book. And so, you know, Mike <laughs> was, you know, and he just mentored me through the whole time. And, you know, and kind of by proxy mentored you too, because I mean, we were both involved. We were having lots of conversations with them. We were, all this was just like, there was so much. And I, I remember the one thing where I finally said, I'm switching camps. Um, Because there was, at that point, there there very much was an evangelical camp and you were either with us or you were against us. And that's all there was to it. And if you are paying attention to those guys, you are not with us, Right. Right. And so I, I read this book by one of my favorite teachers slash theologians slash, um, you know, fundamentalist preachers, you know, and prolific author, had written tons of books, but he wrote this book, and, I, and I'm blanking on the name of it right now, and that's okay, but I remember this, it had a rattlesnake on the cover. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the, and it was all about... Well, These it was, a, other it was people a John the, MacArthur's book to uh, come I out. I wasn't going to say his we name. We talked about him enough already. Just get over <laughs> Anyway, it. I know, but seriously. No. It, okay. I, it, we, we made conscious decisions about what we did with his books at that point. Um, and this particular book was the first one you had read after... After the other book yeah. and after starting this conversation with Mike. Right. And he was very much, I was like, I'm going to read something on the other side talking about the dangers of thinking this way right. and why we shouldn't be like that and all that kind of stuff. And we went on vacation um, and to this camp. And I remember we were just, there was no internet, there was no TV. Right. We just had board games and books and we mm-hmm. just... And we just sat around playing games and then reading the rest of the time. So I just devoured this book while I was there. And I remember getting done with it and thinking. You hadn't even gotten done with it. You weren't sure if you could finish it. I think that was part. Yeah. Because I just remember, I remember saying to you, he is filled with so much hate. 
Mm-hmm. Like, it's just vile. It's vile the way that he's speaking about other people. It's vile. And he, you had felt at that time, he can't even really back up his no. stance on this. No. It's just It was hate. just about hate and vile. And that was it. I was done. I was like, if that's the argument against this is to hate... You were looking more. for a real argument. Yeah. You were looking for something that actually made sense. And I and I was like, I will choose love. Mm-hmm. And and that like there was a shift from that day forward where I was like, I'm done with that then. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I it, I was done. Yeah. And um and that like propelled us forward from that day on. It was we started Go ahead. It was as if a curtain had been pulled back. Yeah. And um, I say this often about many things, but it's true. Uh, You can't unsee what you've seen. Yeah. And we saw behind the curtain, and all of a sudden, the filters were gone, and the rationalizations were gone, and we had to question everything. Yeah, and so we did. Yeah. And it was a little scary. Mm-hmm. It felt a little bit like we were flailing at times, but it was like, but we were just, we were, we were done. We knew we could not do that. And the questions um, that we had because of this were heretical questions. Mm-hmm. And particularly for you being a pastor, if anyone knew that we were really wrestling with these questions, um, one, we couldn't, we couldn't let those we were serving at the church know that we had so many deep um, concerns yeah. um, with the way that we'd been practicing faith up to that point. Um, it was kind of dangerous territory for us uh, because our livelihood was at stake with it mm-hmm. too. And so, um, I mean, at that time we began teaching our youth group kids different. We started changing how we were doing youth group. Mm-hmm. We started bringing everybody into our home. We started. Yeah. Um, oh, that was a big, yeah. beautiful shift. Yeah. Just all of this. And it was like, and, and those are some of like the most precious times that both of us can remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the, the deep relationships that were forged. Again, we stay in touch with, with some of them to this mm-hmm. day. I wish we'd stay in touch, better touch with more. Um, but uh but it was like those were those were beautiful, beautiful days. And then there got to be this point where, you know, and again, we were down in California at this time when it was it was time to be done with that church and we had this opportunity to come back to Idaho. Part of that was that we when we had left McCall and gone and moved to California to work, um, we left a congregation to this man who we had Come to it was me. evil. Yeah. yeah. And it was like carnage was being spread all over. People yeah, if you were, want to talk about a wolf in sheep's clothing, that, he devoured so many people. Yeah. And they Every, were just... Everything from um, people, relationships, mm-hmm. um, safety of the community, to actually the church's sole financial structure. Yeah. And so we were... We, we were knowing of all of this that was yeah. going on and it and our hearts were broken because yeah. we we chose instead of splitting the church and leaving we chose to leave um, uh, on our 
on our own decision. Um, uh, yeah, there could be an entire story just about right. how that but, whole thing happened. But I say this because um, there was always a pull for us towards a community that we knew was hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, and we loved our youth group tremendously in Watsonville. Yeah, but there were some things that changed there within the structure of that church, too. Right. Um, and, and again, we knew that Mike and Dave were both looking at at leaving, too. And it was like, just there was a shift that was happening. Yeah. We just didn't care to be in a difficult situation again. again. And so we had so many of our youth group that were graduating mm-hmm. and moving on. I mean, like a large chunk of our youth group. And we're like, this is good timing, yeah. you know? And so, um, so we went back to, to Idaho, different church. This was Donnelly Bible Church, which um, still, I, I mean, mm-hmm. we don't attend church now, but put me back in that same set of circumstances again. With Brian. Same set of circumstances. Yeah. I would go every week again. Yeah. To church. I just, we just loved our time with Brian and Janine. Mm-hmm. We loved the people who were there. Mm-hmm. We loved, um, we just loved everything about it. Mm-hmm. It was the most healing, wonderful, um, beautiful for our family experience that we had ever ever experienced um, for a couple years. As you say, until it wasn't. <laughs> until it wasn't. Um, and I don't want... I'm not saying I don't want to talk about it. I'm just saying I don't want to dive too much into it right. in this conversation. I think there's some, there's some things that... They can just be conversations by themselves because they're right. so intricate. I mean, there's so many things that were happening. But the, the important part is, is we went back and Brian is... He blew open our minds to just recognizing just an entirely different way of approaching faith, mm-hmm. approaching community, approaching people, appro- everything. It was just blew our minds open. Mm-hmm. Um, I still believe that he is one of the greatest thinkers mm-hmm. in this in the in, in in this entire realm, and, and it was just because he was in this little Donnelly Bible Church with a population of 150 people in the town, um, even though we had a congregation of 300, but which is still tiny, but it was still you know <laughs> it was huge for that. It was double the size of the town, right? Um, and but had word ever leaked out about what Brian was talking about in any kind of capacity, then I mean he he would have been. Well, highly sought after. I mean, he was, yeah, it was, again, he was just, he just had this natural, easy way of just saying, why do you think that's important when this is what Jesus talked about, you know? And he would just kind of say this simple little thing and you'd just be like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, that, that changes everything. You know, if that's really the way it is, it changes everything. And and so we had five years mm-hmm. with with Brian and Janine just pouring into us. Um and along with the other the entire church, but but we were kind of their partners. And so, you know, and then of course, like we said, alluded to, 
there was this difficult thing that happened, you know, about two years in, I think, um, or so. Very, very difficult thing that happened. And um, then we can talk about some other time. But that just bonded us even further. Mm -hmm. Um, And and we just, to have that kind of opportunity to just be mentored or discipled um, by somebody who was just, just had this refreshingly wonderful and easy approach to uh, faith, the gospel, that sort of thing, you know? He used to say that he believed that Jesus was the smartest man that ever walked the earth. And, um, and I used to sit there and think, wow, because you're really smart. <laughs> I mean, like he just, yeah. he could just think and um and and it and he never did it but you knew he could think circles around you and yet he didn't care about doing that he just cared if we whether we turned someone away at the food bank Mm -hmm. you know did every kid feel loved today Mm -hmm. walked into the church um he just didn't care about what he knew. He just cared about whether we were doing these things that were love. Mm-hmm. And it was transforming a community. It was transforming lives. We were we were celebrating sobrieties in the middle of a church service. People just standing up and saying, celebrate with me. I've done yeah. this thing, you yeah. know? And it, it was uh, some of the most amazing uh, time, I think, we've ever experienced. I remember saying to you one Sunday that um, the most beautiful thing that I've ever experienced was being in the middle of a church service, you know, like right smack dab in the middle of what's going on and all that and thinking, God, it reeks like cigarette smoke in here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And having one drunk guy stand up in the middle of Brian's sermon and start talking to him about his sermon and how it was, are you saying this? And man, that makes me think about this. And Brian just stopping and just engaging with him right in the mm-hmm. middle of it. And then he sits down and Brian just continues on with his sermon. I mean, it was like some of the most beautiful things ever. had this exceptional opportunity with music there um, to have a team of people that you guys got to craft and create something every single week and um, and I know that you have mixed feelings on <laughs> what all that uh, means and looks like now but I remember be- there was one guy who came in every week he's very active in uh, the food bank in the community um, particularly with Brian and I remember he used, to, he used to tell me, he goes, you know, if I'm really honest, I don't understand anything Brian's saying. He'd done a lot of drugs in his yeah. life. He <laughs> was a little yeah. slow. But, <laughs> Admittedly, he yeah. would say that. He's like, I don't get half the stuff that guy says. Yeah. He said, <laughs> but the music, he goes, that's where I find God. Yeah. And, 
you know, he's, I often think about that when you question mm-hmm. what the purpose of that was. And, but you just created this space where he got to sit there and, you know, meet with God on his terms. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, everything was out of the box. Nothing. Well, second service was probably quite a bit more in the box. We had two <laughs> yeah. very different services, two very different but experiences. I mean, yeah, it felt a little different, but it, it still yeah. was, it still was the same message it was still right. the same um uh, the same heart challenge the, it was yeah, yeah it yeah. was just uh how we, really really it really was just about how we approach right. music but uh yeah. so in all of this though like we like we alluded to we um we did there was there was a really difficult kind of falling out that happened in the middle of that night not with with Jean and brian and us but with um, a, a few people um, that were really taking issue that Brian was was becoming so open um, in his teaching um, and accepting and inviting of all kinds and not drawing lines about, you know, who's going to hell and, and who's going to mm-hmm. heaven and who are the sinners and who are the saints, all that kind of stuff. Right. And, they, and so they took opposition to that and people that we loved and cared about and they kind of rose up. And again, you know, a, a story for another time. But it was very damaging um, <sighs> at the same time. It was, there were some deep, deep wounds that happened in that time. So while we were... I don't think anybody were, left undamaged. Yeah, that. so, you know, while we were um, continuing on and continuing to transform in our own thinking and all that, there was still... It was still the wounds that we were dealing with too, right? Yeah. yeah. And I think the thing that became really, really absolutely important to you and I is that um, this this thought that we came to that if there is a better way to think about God, mm-hmm. or if there's a way to think about God that paints him in a better light, mm-hmm. right? That it, that makes him look more loving, more caring. Notice I'm still saying him at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that, then we should embrace that. Because if we can come up with a thought that makes God better, but that's not, but we shouldn't think that, then that kind of makes us better than God. Right? We can think of a better God than God can, right? Well, than, or a better God than God can be. And so we we decided that we were going to stay open to any new idea or any larger idea or any larger thought that would open up God in a broader light or in a more um, in a more loving light or um, the word I kept using at that time was a more good thought of Him. Yeah, it, it had struck yeah, yeah. me that we have this definition of God being good. That he is the author of good. He is mm-hmm. the definition of good. Well, if it was more good to love more people than we weren't supposed to love before, might God just get a little bit bigger? Um, but that goes against my theology. You know, some yeah. of the things that we believed, if that was true about him and he was that good, um, which... Ultimately, I think that's what Rob Bell's book, Love Wins, mm-hmm. was encroaching on anyway, um, was, you know, really de- uh, traveling down that road of a really good God. So we were exploring that space. And if it was good 
like in the definition of good, we let it in. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think in that, that we just, we really opened up our belief system Mm -hmm. to be accepting of anything that was good Mm -hmm. anything that was loving any that that's when we recognize like i said that thread that flowed through that's when we recommend or not recommend recognized that there was nothing more important than this Mm -hmm. that there was nothing that was um that was of more value than this and that was to to grow in capacity to love, grow in capacity to... The way of um, love, the, whatever yeah. That, yeah. And so we started saying, well, does it matter the source? And we said, well, it can't. The, the source can't matter. If it's good, right? I mean, if it's if it's good, then it's good. If it's love, then it's love. And mm-hmm. so then all of a sudden, the whole world opened up as to who might be able to expand our thinking on love. Um, and, and yeah, I'm talking about other sacred texts. I'm talking about other religions. I'm talking about other religious figures. I'm talking... <laughs> Other political parties. Other political parties. (laughs) I remember you start. You did one Sunday sermon where you quoted several different people, but you would never reveal who they were because what they had said was so profound it needed to be heard, but you wouldn't say who it was. I think I, I think I quoted. Oprah and Obama, Obama and Gandhi. you know, the, yeah, Gandhi maybe <laughs> people like that. That typically, our even though our church had grown so much, still typically there was we're, that there was we're that. In ref- Idaho. Yeah, we we're in <laughs> Idaho where everybody was red blooded Republicans, you know, <laughs> and and they were uh, and so I like purple. If you were, if you, <laughs> <laughs> mm, me too. <laughs> going back youth to a group. going back to a youth group talk there, um, <laughs> um, but that uh, you know again very conservative, gun toting, you know all that kind of stuff, and and if I would have said I'm quoting Oprah in church, they would have been like, you can get the fuck get out. out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Obama, Obama said. You can get no. the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gandhi, eh, he was a nice guy. But Oprah and Obama, Mama? you can get the fuck out. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and so, um, and even in that conservative church, they might have said fuck. You know? <laughs> like, that's how strongly they felt about it. Yeah, um, so, but it, it, it just began opening up our entire worldview. And, and that, that is where we are today only it has just continued to open and open okay. and open and and here's the thing is that the more 
the more our thinking, the more our approach, the more our our belief system opened up, the less room it had for constrictive ways of thinking. And so a lot of constrictive ways of thinking started dropping off. And so like anybody that started coming with, you know, black and white kinds of approaches to things, we were kind of like, yeah, Mm -hmm. we're just not into that. You know, that's just, there's not room for that in in our approach anymore. (laughs) The interesting Um, part of traveling down the road of love and good is that justice becomes very vivid. mm -hmm. You see it, you fight for it, um, you, you have a new worldview. So the closer we got to love and good, the more we started to call bullshit on the church. Yeah. For instance, when, you know, we were at a different church, you know, after a move and, you know, we were no longer pastoring. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say we because we were in it together. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember sitting in, in church and right in front of us, um, there was a lesbian couple. And it was fairly obvious that they were lesbians even though we were in a church that um, was pretty conservative um, still in that. Pretty open in a lot of other things. That's why we were there. But still pretty, they didn't really talk. There wasn't a lot of gay couples there. There was, I mean, there was really, these are the only LGBTQ people I had seen there, right? And and I just remember thinking it's good that they're, that they feel okay to come here. Like we, we had, you know, we even talked about that. Mm-hmm. That was a good thing about that church. Later, talking with the pastor, um, I specifically brought it up and I said, at some point in time, somebody's going to come to you with a question of, is it okay for them to be here? So how are you going to answer them in this church? And, you know, and I was kind of met with a bunch of platitudes of, oh, that's a great question. And, oh, no, that's really good. That's, these are the things we need to be talking about in the church today. We should bring this up with the elders. We should da 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 all this kind of stuff. And later I realized it was only platitudes because he didn't want to answer the question. <laughs> and the official st- stance the church ended up coming to was a don't ask, don't tell policy. Everyone should feel welcome here. They just shouldn't talk about their, their private business. <laughs> and I remember, um, I remember that just absolutely breaking our hearts. It was open but not affirming. It, not even open. Like it, it was, <laughs> you were welcome so long as, so long as we just don't point at the fact that you are different from us. And because ultimately what the, the, the opinion this church still had was that that lesbian couple was living in sin, but we're all sinners. So you're welcome here. 
you know, but we're not going to be ever accept your sin. We're not ever, we're certainly not ever going to affirm your place here. You're certainly never going to serve in any capacity here, you know? And, and I remember for you, for you and me, that was, I think that was, that was in a, a list of things that we kind of just started saying, this just isn't our home anymore. We, and this being the church. Um, right. Because we, we knew we could travel around town. We could try different spaces and, and there might be something that was a little bit more suited to where we were at, but we'd seen behind the curtain um, so many times that um, I think it was just time for us to step back um, altogether and uh, figure out what this spirituality actually looked like um, for us. And I know there's a lot of people that are doing that. They're stepping back and they're saying, can, can this broader experience of love and good and God um, exist inside a building com- communally with other people that think the same way? Um, and if so, how, well, how does that happen? What does it look like? But in our ever-expanding views on things, like I said, anything that was becoming limiting, there just wasn't room for anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I think there was enough limiting factors that we just couldn't keep wrestling with. And so we had to say that I think our, I think we are, we are far too open to a picture of God than can fit within these confines. And so it just isn't room for us here anymore. And that, you know, I've been challenged by friends on that, you know, people that are, that are still engaged in the church and they're like, but but how is the church ever going to change if you just walk away from it? You know, we, how, if you're not on the inside, you know, they're never going to hear that from, and I was like, I don't want to fight. Yeah. I, I spent too many years doing that. I, I don't want to fight the battles anymore. I don't, I don't want to be a truth and justice warrior <laughs> anymore. I just, I just want to live in a right way that is affirming of, of all people, not all beliefs, because I don't think all beliefs are equal. Um, but, oh God, I just said that. I, I mean that specifically in any kind of belief system that is, um, that binds people up. Oppressive. Um, that's oppressive. That's, uh, that's, um, that puts heavy burdens on people. Um, any belief system like that, I'm just like, I am, I'm, I'm not interested. I'm not okay. I, again, not all beliefs are equal. Right. But, um, anyway, I think that, that for, for you and I, we just said we're, we're far more interested in even the right word for it. We, we just want to, we just want to live in the way that we believe is right. I, I, I don't want to be crafting arguments for people anymore. I don't want to be trying to convince people to think a different way. I don't want to, I don't want to be, you know, writing sermons. <laughs> I just, we just want to, to live in a way 
that we believe is affirming to all people, that is welcoming to people, that is loving and caring for people, and and quite honestly, very specifically so, those who have been typically oppressed and denied and um, and not welcomed and not accepted. I'm I'll I'll walk past a hundred people that I once knew to go spend time with with that person because I don't want them to feel ostracized. I don't I don't want them to feel like their life doesn't matter. Um like their voice doesn't matter. Like they don't have a place. Like that like their their service isn't as desired as someone else's service that has that has their shit together, you know, <laughs> that um, that has their belief system together or any of that kind of thing. Um, and it's a, it's, again, it's a little bit of a different place from us because, you know, if we're really honest, we feel disconnected right now and I don't know how to remedy that. And, you know, and again, I've been challenged by some friends that, well, sometimes you just, you know, again, if you're going to love people, then you just got to be with them and warts and all, you just got to, you know, and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, mm, no, I, that, that doesn't ring true right now. Well, I think there, it's more complex than that. It's, there's a business involved here and we cannot get around the Very fact tr- that, that, that <laughs> right. church is a business. I don't care if they filed under a nonprofit status or not, they are a business. And and that makes it uh, difficult because there, uh, there's fiscal uh, always fiscal agenda on the table to survive, to pay bills, that sort of thing. So for us, uh, I think we needed space from that. The other thing that, that um, this came to a demise for us because... We were in such internal conflict over what it was that we, if we were honest about what we believed, if we were authentic in that, and what we were walking into doors or surrounding ourselves in uh, Christianity with were two conflicting things. And so it was constant conflict um, within ourselves and with our spiritual practice. And I think uh, that was the, uh, when we came crashing in personally, and we had to look and see how we write this within ourselves, how we, um, how we live in authenticity. Um, we couldn't keep saying we believed this when actually... We really believed this over here. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that became the point where we couldn't we couldn't uh, play that game any longer. True. There's no um, there's no cherry on top of this story. And no. <laughs> and I say that because there's no because if anything, what we've embraced is the ongoing nature of change, the ongoing nature of growing, developing of, of when you're open to having your thoughts challenged, then there's, then it's the universe out there. Mm-hmm. When, when you're looking for concrete certainty, 
then you can measure that. You can measure that box. Well, you can arrive. You can land. Yeah. Say, this is, this is it. We're here. There's, there's nothing more now to just, be understood. And we just live within that. We got okay with not having a place to land. But we, we launched ourselves out into the universe, and we understand that we will, we will be shooting in a flow, a direction. I don't want to, I don't want to limit it to one direction. (laughs) Forever. Mm -hmm. Now there will, there will always be more to understand. There will always, and, and I think that's the, when we embrace that is when we said again, then we, we can't bog ourselves down with little concepts. We can't bog ourselves down with little ideas, little ideas like hate, little ideas like not being willing to accept somebody because of their sexual preference or preference, sexual identity, sorry, um, um, by saying that, you know, you're either a boy or you're a girl, and that's the way that God made you, you know, it, it, those are all such tiny little thoughts, you know? Um, and I know we just all, I mean, I just focused right there on sexual identity, but that's honestly, it's been a big one for us. It's been a big shift for us. Um, but there, but in all the other areas too, right? Um, that we're just, we're not interested in, in little limiting thoughts anymore. And I know that might make me sound arrogant, you know, or, but, but it's not that way. It's just that I'm not interested in confines anymore. I'm not interested in saying this is all there is and there is no more. I'm not interested. I'm just not interested. It's a very boring existence. If you can, if you can measure a space and say there is nothing that exists outside of the space, God, why keep living? <laughs> it's just, it's boring. And, and we have been opened up, like you were talking about earlier, we have been opened up to an ever-expanding universe of thought and ideas. And there is nothing that is off limits for us. No. Nothing. It also doesn't mean that we buy everything no. that we hear because there's a lot of things that come our way and we go, eh, nope, I don't. Because we're not willing to trade one small thought for another, for another small, small thought. thought. Yeah. Just because it's a different small thought. Yeah. And so that's kind of our, like, like we, we test thoughts regularly. Is mm-hmm. this thought expansive? Is this thought big enough? Is this, does this spot, does this thought allow for more room, for more, uh, for growth, for more development of this thought, or does this thought shut things off? It's, it's kind of like one of those decision trees, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, if yes, can you continue on for eternity? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if no, are you done thinking? <laughs> any, any branch of the tree that's a no answer is kind of like, mm, nah, that thought ran its course, yeah. right? Um, and, and I, it's not, it's not always easy. 
there's sometimes when we really, like we really, we struggle through some things. We struggle through some, th- and we, and we come to each other sometimes. And in fact, we, we have a recorded podcast that we, we didn't air and we're not, we're probably not going to air. We're probably going to re-record something else about it at, at some point and come back to that thought. Because it, as we were exploring that thought on here, we're like, ah, it just isn't coming together. It's a, it's too confused. We're not, we, we don't, we're too Sounds confused. Like right now. Yeah, we're too <laughs> confused to keep talking about it for fuck's sake. Why in the world would we release this on, you know, um, people we care about? Um, and so it's, it, it's, so it's not always easy. It's not always, you know, it's, it, it's not, it's, um, but it's good. Jess, it's good, right? Yeah, I'm I'm more excited about where we're at than we've ever been before. Yeah. Um I I think it's richer and deeper. Um it isn't absent of God. Um I just don't think it has the container that it did before. Hopefully, you know, we keep testing to see if there's still a container existing because we want to get rid of it if there is because I don't want to limit what I don't know. Well, to kind of start, you know, winding this down on a very controversial note that we can pick up later. You just said it's not absent the existence of God. Um, no, it is not. It is full of the existence of God. But we're less convinced of what God looks like anymore. In t- yeah, it, in some things. That's a loaded statement. Because, <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. We're less convinced of what we once believed to be true about God. Well, that I would, yeah, I'd be there with you on that. That we're less convinced he looks, he looks like. <laughs> he. <laughs> looks like what. Yeah. We've spent a lifetime saying he did. Yeah. We are more convinced of love. Mm-hmm more convinced of that love truly at the foundation of anything is good. Hot damn, that's a quote. We should end right there. (laughs) I'm so proud of myself. (laughs) I was just thinking, if we ever asked anybody to come on and chat with us on here after this one, they're going to be like, hell no. (laughs) I ain't touching that. (laughs) (laughs) They'll get me to say something I never meant to say. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And then I'll add music to it. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll quote it. (laughs) And then they will be immortalized as a heretic forever. Just like us. (laughs) Just like us. (laughs) You can be like us too. You can be you can be just like us. (laughs) (laughs) Drinking whiskey sours. Drinking whiskey sours on a podcast. That's right, yeah. or whatever else we come across that day. Anyway, I think it's a good time to yeah. to move on from these chapters um, and uh, you know get on to something else at this point. Um, I love these conversations with you. Yeah. I really do. I love working these things. I love how we've worked these things out over the years. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. All right. See you next time. Yeah.